إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد Today we're going to discuss this chapter Bab ma jaa fi at-taghlid fi man abada Allah 'inda qabri rajulin salih fa kayfa idha abada The chapter regarding what has been mentioned in terms of the severity of the affair the seriousness of somebody who worships Allah at the grave of a righteous person he worships Allah but he's doing it at the grave of a righteous person. So what therefore about somebody who goes to the grave of the righteous person and actually worships him? If it's a severe thing, something that you shouldn't do, that go to the grave of a righteous person, even if you're not committing any shirk, you're worshipping Allah purely. You shouldn't be doing it at the grave of the righteous person. That is wrong in of itself. So what about when somebody actually goes to the grave to actually worship the deceased person? That is even more in terms of the haram. So this chapter is going to discuss how it is not permissible to go and take the graveyards, the graves of people as places where you worship and make dua, even if you say I'm doing the dua purely to Allah and worshiping Allah alone. Of course we know that when you go to the graveyards, you can make dua for the deceased people. You can ask Allah to forgive them and ask Allah to have mercy upon them. That is permissible. But what's being discussed here is when people take those locations as fixed places. They go there for the sake of making worship to Allah particularly. So here this chapter will explain a little bit more regarding that affair. The reason why this is not permissible or this is something which should not be done is mentioned in several narrations regarding what the people used to do and how the graveyards they are a means that lead on to shirk one of the ways that people fall into shirk is via graveyards and the activities that go on at graveyards and the graves of these righteous people as they say so we have this narration in Al-Bukhari and Muslim to start with. The hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha. She says that Umm Salama radiallahu anha mentioned. Umm Salama radiallahu anha mentioned. Umm Salama, she is the daughter of Abu Umayyah al-Makhzumiyyah. Al-Qurashiyah, from the tribe of Quraysh, and she was the uh, wife of Abu Salama. She made hijrah with her husband Abu Salama, the first time when they went to Habasha, and then also the second time when they went to Medina. And then when her husband Abu Salama, radiallahu anhu, died, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam married her, so she became from the mothers of the believers, min ummahatil mu'mineen. So this is Umm Salama, the wife of the Prophet ﷺ, narrating this hadith. 
She says, ذَكَرْتُ لِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ She says, I mentioned to the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, كَنِيسَةً رَأَتْهَا أو ذَكَرَتْ Aisha radiallahu anha says, that Umm Salama mentioned to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a church she had seen in Habasha. Like we said, Umm Salama, initially in the early stages when the Muslims were in Mecca, and Islam was beginning and it was spreading, then the Kuffar, the, Munafi- the uh, Mushrikeen, they were oppressing the Muslims, and they were doing harm to the Muslims. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam had told the Muslims to go to Abyssinia. So the Muslims had made hijrah and gone to Abyssinia. Where Umm Salama had also gone. She was from amongst those in that time who made that hijrah to Abyssinia. Abyssinia at that time was ruled by Najashi, Christianity. It was ruled upon Christianity at that time. So Umm Salama had seen this church there when she was there, radiallahu anha. So Aisha radiallahu anha says that Umm Salama mentioned to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam this church she had seen in Habasha. ذَكَرَتْ لِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ كَنِيسَةً رَأَتْهَا بِأَرْضِ الْحَبَشَ وَمَا فِيهَا مِنَ السُّوَرِ And she mentioned... To the Prophet ﷺ, the different types of pictures that she saw inside of that church in Habasha. فقال, so the Prophet ﷺ said to her, وَصَوَّرُوا فِيهِ تِلْكَ السُّوَرِ أُولَٰئِكَ شِرَارُ الْخَلْقِ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ The Prophet ﷺ said to her, after she mentioned to him that she saw this church when she was in Habasha, and they had all these pictures inside of it, the Prophet ﷺ said to her that those people, those individuals, the Christians at that time in those churches, when one of their righteous people used to die, or one of their righteous worshippers used to die, they would build upon the grave of that righteous man a masjid, meaning a place of worship, their church. They would build upon the grave of that person a place of worship, a church. They would build the church upon the grave. So the grave would be within that church. This righteous man of theirs, the righteous worshipper, whoever he may have been, when he died, they would bury him. And then due to their love and respect and everything for this righteous man of theirs, who had died, they would build the church upon that. And so the grave would be there within the church, and the church would be built on top of that with the graves of these righteous people inside and this is something the Prophet ﷺ said they used to do. When Umm Salama radiallahu anha told him that, I saw this church and it has all the pictures. And the Prophet ﷺ also mentioned to her, fihi tilka And they would put the pictures of the righteous people within their, their churches. They would put the pictures of the righteous people from amongst them, their 
noble ones, their priests, etc. They would put the pictures of them within their mosque and they would, uh, uh, they would erect these pictures within the masjid. They would erect, put up these pictures within the masjid. And this was all from their exaggeration in these righteous people. Their excessiveness regarding these righteous people, burying them or building the church upon their burial grounds and putting their pictures around uh, where uh, within the masjid of those righteous individuals, those worshippers from amongst them. And this is something that occurs in reality. In reality, this is something which occurred at that time in Habasha, and it continued to occur throughout the ages. There is a church that I saw myself, within it, graves on the floor. Within the church as you walk inside, there are graves in the entrance of the church as you walk inside, before the pews, before the seats. There are graves there of the righteous people. And right outside they have the graves lining up the church of the shrines of their righteous people. And this is what they used to do, and the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, this is what they used to do, and then they used to put the pictures the mausoleums, all of these types of portraits of their righteous people within their churches. And the Prophet ﷺ said, That they are the worst of the people with Allah. They are the worst of the people with Allah. Meaning, that it shows to you the impermissibility of those actions. The impermissibility of building your places of worship on the graves of these righteous people or putting up their pictures, and their uh, portraits, and other such affairs in and around the masjid, this shows the impermissibility of performing that type of action. Why is this action impermissible, and why is it deemed as evil? Because such an action, building a place of worship, with the graves of the righteous people within it, and the pictures and portraits of them all over the place within it, this leads to that exaggeration, that excessiveness, that extremeness, to the extent that the people then begin to worship those righteous people. They begin to worship them. لِأَنَّهُمْ فَتَحُوا لِلنَّاسِ بَابَ الشِّرْكِ بِهَذَا الْفِعْلِ وَتَسَبَّبُوا فِي انْحِرَافِ الْأُمَّةِ So they opened up the door to shirk by doing these actions. And they caused the deviation of the ummah. And the deviation of this ummah, the Shaykh says, it occurred, it occurred through these types of actions. Through the actions of the people building upon their righteous people, the graves, the churches, even the mosques. As it is mentioned in one narration, وَالَّذِينَ يَبْنُونَ الْمَسَاجِدَ عَلَى الْقُبُورِ Those people who build the mosques on top of the graves. Those who build the mosques on top of the graves. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah says that the first people who started doing that, building mosques on top of their graves and their shrines, were the Shia. The Shia were the first people who started building the Mosques on top of the shrines and the graves. And then other people like the Sufis started copying them in doing that. And building the mosques on top of the graves of their righteous people. And so they have their righteous people buried inside of their mosques. Something that 
should be highlighted and should be made clear is that the Prophet's mask, Al-Masjid al-Nabawi, then that is not to be used as a proof for anything. The Prophet's Masjid as it is known initially was much smaller than it is now. It was initially built by the Prophet ﷺ and it was much smaller than it is now. And when the Prophet ﷺ died, he was buried in the house of Aisha radiallahu anha, which was right next to the masjid, next door. Afterwards when the Muslims increased in number and they got more and more, obviously the mosque had to be expanded. So they started expanding to the, to the direction of the south, to the, uh, from behind and from the side. They started expanding everywhere. Until eventually the numbers of Muslims became even more and more. And they needed more space to expand. But on one side, that corner, that's where the house of Aisha radiallahu anha was and the grave of the Prophet was there. So they couldn't really expand in that way. But eventually one of the rulers, he decided that he was going to expand in that direction as well for the need of expansion. And so even though, even though the scholars of that time advised the leader you shouldn't expand in that way. Some of the scholars advised you shouldn't do it that way still. But for the need of expansion etc. He did it anyway. He expanded it in that way as well. So that meant that the house of Aisha radiallahu anha ended up becoming enclosed within the masjid. And it is enclosed. Even now when you go there are walls all around. There's no exit entry into it. Only one side where the people can go in to clean etc. All everywhere is blocked off with walls. So it's blocked off in that way with walls. But the expansion meant when it expanded in that way, that became engulfed and encompassed by the expansion as well. So that isn't a proof for the Sufis and other people to say that you can put the graves of people in mosques. That isn't how this occurred. The masjid was built by the Prophet ﷺ initially, but when he died, he was buried right next door in the house of Aisha radiallahu anha. And then when the expansions occurred, eventually that expansion went that way and the house became enclosed Blocked off with the walls within the parameters of the masjid. So this is not a proof to say that you're allowed to have graves in the masjid, especially when the Prophet says, I'm told you, you can't do that. There are narrations telling us that it is impermissible to do that. This is one of them. The Prophet said, they are the worst of the people who do that type of thing. They purposely, purposely build the mosques or the churches, etc. on top of the graves of their deceased people. These individuals, it is mentioned, جَمَعُوا بَيْنَ فِتْنَتَيْنَ فَهَاؤُلَاءِ جَمَعُوا بَيْنَ فِتْنَتَيْنَ فِتْنَةُ الْقُبُورِ وَفِتْنَةُ التَّمَاثِيلِ Here it's mentioned that they had the graves in their churches. And they had the pictures and the portraits. They committed two great evils, not just one, two. One great evil they committed was building their place of worship on top of graves. And the second great evil they committed was having the pictures and the portraits of these righteous people laid out all across their place of worship. Both of those, having the pictures and the portraits, and having the graves, they are from the basis of how shirk it spread out. The basis of how shirk it spread out was through graves and pictures. This is what the scholars have mentioned. From the making of pictures and the building of the graves or the places of worship and shrines, on top of the graves, that is what led to shirk occurring. Because when you build these shrines on top of the graves, it causes people to have exaggeration in them. You've seen now across the world how they have these shrines all over the place. 
And people go there to visit the shrines, thousands of them every year, believing this barakah in this shrine, and you have to go there, wipe it, walk around it, they even do tawaf around it. It leads to ghulu, it leads to exaggeration, extremism, excessiveness, building these shrines. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, when you bury your dead, then it should only be a handspan of the ground. No such thing as a huge ornament or tombstone and shrine and everything in a building. That is not the way it is to be done so that there is no exaggeration. A simple stone, nothing more than a handspan, just to highlight where the grave is and that's it. Otherwise when the people put all of these big tombstones, they spend hundreds of pounds, thousands of pounds, with a huge tombstone as the Muslims do as well now when you go to those sections of the Muslims' graves. They have a big tombstone like this, two or three foot big. All types of uh, our beloved father, our beloved this, born on this time, died on that time. Ayat of the Qur'an, al-Fatiha, all types of things. This is all impermissible. This is not from the Qur'an and the Sunnah to do it. What is from the Sunnah is bury your dead, put a small stone, something to recognize where it is. Nothing more than a handspan up the gr- uh, ground and it is left at that. So it is wrong. What the Muslims they do now, it is a misguidance to have all of these big tombstones, spending all of that money, writing all of those things, putting the flowers everywhere. That is not correct. So here the Shaykh mentions this was one of the great reasons why shirk began. At the time of Nuh salam, what were the two reasons why the shirk began? One, because they carried on going to the graves of those righteous people. And secondly, because afterwards shaitan told them to make the pictures of those righteous people. So from those two actions, the shirk it began at that time of Nuh salam, And this is one of the greatest reasons why the shirk occurs. Then we have the next narration. So in that narration, the Prophet ﷺ said to Umm Salama when she told him about the church and the graves and the pictures, he said they are the worst of creation. Highlighting how impermissible it is to do that type of act, to build upon graves or to have the pictures and the portraits of these people, because that leads to exaggeration and it leads to shirk. The second narration in Bukhari and Muslim as well, of Aisha radiallahu anha again, she says, لَمَّا نَزَلَ بِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ أو لَمَّا نُزِلَ بِرَسُولِ When the Prophet was on his deathbed, طَفِقَ يَطْرَحُ خَمِيصَةً لَهُ عَلَى وَجْهِهِ The Prophet began to... Put a cloth. He began to put a cloth with patterns on it and lines on it. This cloth upon his face. Putting the cloth upon his face. Taking it off his face. When it became severe at the time of death. And the the pain and the difficulties became severe. He would put the cloth on his face. And then he would remove it from his face. فَقَالْ وَهُوَ كَذَلِكَ so he said, whilst he was in that state, in that difficult state of death, and he was removing the cloth from his face, off and on, from that time of death when it was occurring. And he said, at that time, so imagine how important it is what the Prophet ﷺ said, masajid. He said, the curse of Allah be upon the Jews and the Christians, they took the graves of their prophets as places of worship. They took the graves of their prophets as places of worship. 
They began to pray there. They began to call upon Allah there. They began to do their worship at the places of the graves of the prophets. And so the curse of Allah be upon them for that. So this indicates to you very clearly the impermissibility of that type of action. The impermissibility of building graves and shrines and tombs and performing your worship there. Bowing there, prostrating there, doing your prayer there. This is all from the impermissible and uh, disallowed acts in Islam. يُحَذِّرُ مَا صَنَعُوا وَلَوْ لَا ذَلِكَ أُبْرِزَ قَبْرُهُ غَيْرُ أَنَّهُ خَشِيَ أَنْ يُتَّخَذَ مَسْجِدًا He was warning, the Prophet ﷺ was warning from what they did. He was warning from what they did. This was the reason why the Prophet ﷺ, even at that time of death, at that difficult time, he was still talking about this and warning the people from this because the other nations had fallen into it. So he was warning the Muslims not to fall into that type of affair. Warning the Muslims not to take the graves as places of worship. Not to go there and start prostrating, do tawaf, slaughtering for the people in the graves. Not to take the graves as people as places of worship. And was it not for the fear that the people would come and they would start taking the grave of the Prophet ﷺ as a place of worship, then his grave where he was buried would have been made maybe somewhere or in a manner where it was more apparent. His grave may have been made in a manner that was more apparent, but it was not. But he was afraid. That his grave would be taken as a place of worship. The Prophet ﷺ did not want his grave to be taken as a place of worship. These narrations highlight that to you clearly. So when the people, they go to Umrah, and they visit Medina, and they want to go and they want to do worship at the grave of the Prophet ﷺ, they want to face the grave and they want to do dua, and they want to do other supplications and whatever, then let them know that this is incorrect, and against what the Prophet ﷺ told us, he did not desire he feared that his grave would be taken as a place of worship. He did not desire that his grave should be taken as a place of worship. He warned against that and he gave the examples of the curse of Allah upon the other nations who did that, who took the graves as places of worship. They built upon them and they did their obedience and their worship there. So that is another narration highlighting the impermissibility of it. And that is a narration which shows you the grave danger of it, the severity of it. That the Prophet ﷺ was in the moment of death, the final moments in the deathbed, yet still he was telling everybody about this, do not take the graves as places of worship. Do not take the graves as places of worship. Don't take them as places of making your masajid. He was warning against that right to the end. So that shows to you how important it was for the Prophet ﷺ to be warning against that right on the deathbed even. Then, Wali Muslim and Jundub ibn Abdullah قال, The hadith in Sahih Muslim from Jundub ibn Abdullah, he says, سَمِعْتُ النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَمُوتَ بِخَمْسٍ وَهُوَ يَقُولَ he says, I heard the Prophet ﷺ say before he died, 
by five. It's possible this narration could mean five years before he died. It's possible it could mean just five days before he died. The narration shows in any case that again it was towards the end of the lifetime of the Prophet ﷺ when he mentioned this narration. So again this highlights to you the importance that the Prophet ﷺ was mentioning this maybe right down to just five days before his death. What did he mention? He said, إِنِّي أَبْرَأُ إِلَى اللَّهِ أَنْ يَكُونَ لِي مِنْكُمْ خَلِيلٌ That I am free in front of Allah from having a khalil from amongst you, a most beloved one. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ اتَّخَذَنِي خَلِيلًا Then he said, Allah has taken me as a khalil, as a most beloved. Khalil from khulla, which is the highest level of love. So he says, the Prophet ﷺ, Allah has taken me as a khalil, as the most beloved. كَمَا اتَّخَذَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ خَلِيلًا Just like Allah took Ibrahim as a khalil. وَلَوْ كُنْتُ مُتَّخِذًا مِنْ أُمَّةِ خَلِيلًا And if I was going to take anybody from my ummah as a khalil, as a most beloved one, لَاتَّخَذْتُ أَبَا بَكْرٍ خَلِيلًا Then I would have taken Abu Bakr as a khalil, as a most beloved one. So here the Prophet ﷺ says, that if I was going to take someone, I was going to have somebody as a most beloved companion from the companions, then it would have been Abu Bakr. It would have been Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. And this shows to you the virtues of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. That the Prophet ﷺ says, that if I was going to take anybody as a most beloved one, then I would have certainly taken Abu Bakr as a most beloved one. And this indicates to you again, one of the reasons why Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu was the deserving one to be the first Khalifa. Here the Prophet said, if I was going to take anybody to be my most beloved one from all of the companions, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. So that shows he had the most right to be the Khalifa, as well as many other evidences too. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, أَلَا وَإِنَّ مَنْ كَانَ قَبْلَكُمْ كَانُوا يَتَّخِذُونَ قُبُورَ أَنْبِيَائِهِمْ مَسَاجِدٍ أَلَا فَلَا تَتَّخِذُوا الْقُبُورَ مَسَاجِدٍ فَإِنِّي أَنْهَاكُمْ عَنْ ذَلِكَ He said, indeed, be aware that those people who came before you, the nations who came before you, they used to take the graves of their prophets as masajid, as places of worship. They used to take the graves of their prophets as places of worship. Indeed, I alert you to the fact, do not take the graves. I'm telling you, I'm alerting you to this. Be aware of this. Do not take the graves as places of worship. Do not take them as masajid. For indeed, I prohibit you from that. The Prophet ﷺ said, In Sahih Muslim, do not take the places of graves as worship places. Indeed, I prohibit you from that. So what about all of the people now who go to the graves and they slaughter there and they make dua there to the dead people? And the Prophet ﷺ is saying, I am forbidding you from taking the places, the graves as places of worship. Inni anhaakum an Indeed, I forbid you from that. 
How can a person take or make the graves as places of worship? اتخاذ القبور مساجد على معنيين المعنى الأولى أو المعنى الأول وهو المراد بهذا الحديث اتخاذها مصليات يصلى عندها وإن لم يبنى مساجد أو مسجد The meaning of it, there's two meanings First one is that you make that place a place where you pray a place where you do your worship, you pray there even if you don't build a physical masjid but you go to the graves and you pray there then you have fallen into this hadith, you have taken the graves as a place of worship. The second meaning, al-ma'na-thani, an yubna alayha masjid. The second meaning is that you actually build a mosque on top of it. As some of the Sufis, they do now, they have their imams buried inside of their mosques. So both of those are impermissible, whether you actually build a mosque on top of the graves, and use that as a place of worship, or even if you don't build anything, you just go there and you pray there and do all your worship there. That is again incorrect and haram to do at the graves. فَقَدْ نَهَا عَنْهُ فِي آخِرِ حَيَاتِهِ So the Prophet ﷺ, he warned against this right at the end of his lifetime before he was going to die. ثُمَّ إِنَّهُ لَعَنَا وَهُوَ فِي السِّيَاقِ مَنْ فَعَلَهُ And the Prophet ﷺ cursed the ones who did that. He cursed the people who take the graves as places of worship and prayer. وَالصَّلَاةُ عِنْدَهَا مِنْ ذَلِكَ وَإِنْ لَمْ يُبْنَ مَسْجِدٍ وَهُوَ مَعْنَى قَوْلِهَا خَشِيَا أَنْ يُتَّخَذَ مَسْجِدًا فَإِنَّ الصَّحَابَ لَمْ يَكُونُوا لِيَبْنُوا حَوْلَ قَبْرِهِ مَسْجِدًا And praying there is impermissible also, even if you don't build a mosque on top like we said. And that's the meaning of what the Prophet ﷺ meant when Aisha, or rather what Aisha radiallahu anha said, that he was afraid his grave would be taken as a place of worship. The Prophet ﷺ was afraid that his grave would be taken as a place of worship. Later on, in the future, he knew the companions would not do that. The companions would not take the grave as a place of worship or build any place of worship or a masjid on top of it. But those who come thereafter, the generations who come later, then they may fall into that. So the Prophet ﷺ was concerned regarding that. وَكُلُّ مَوْضِعٍ قُسِدَ الصَّلَاةُ فِيهِ فَقَدَ اتَّخِذَ مَسْجِدًا And every place where you intend to pray upon it, you make it a place of prayer, then it is a masjid. You've taken that place as a masjid. بَلْ كُلُّ مَوْضِعٍ يُصَلَّى فِيهِ يُسَمَّ مَسْجِدًا Every place where you pray technically is called a masjid. Masjid in the Arabic language, a place where you prostrate. So every place where you pray is technically a masjid in that way. And that is also mentioned in the hadith, جُعِلَتْ لِيَ الْأَرْضُ مَسْجِدًا وَطَهُورًا That all of this earth has been made a masjid for me, the Prophet ﷺ said. Meaning, you can pray anywhere, apart from those particular places that have been mentioned, otherwise it's open to pray. Out on the road here you can pray, over there in the field you can pray. It's permissible to pray in the places upon the earth with the exceptions of those that have been mentioned. So, The earth has been made a masjid for me and pure for me. Then, Al-Imam Ahmad, he narrated with a good chain of narration from Ibn Mas'ud, Marfu'an, إِنَّ مِنْ شِرَارِ النَّاسِ مَنْ تُدْرِكُهُمُ السَّعَى وَهُمْ أَحْيَا وَالَّذِينَ يَتَّخِذُونَ الْقُبُورَ مَسَاجِدِ In this narration, he says that the most evil of the people... The most evil of the people are the ones 
who are still alive when the hour is established. When the day of judgment occurs, at that time only the most evil of the people will be left on the earth. The day of judgment will occur, the hour will be established, the blowing of the trumpet upon the most evil of the people. And who else is from the most evil of the people? The second category the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, the ones who take the graves as masajid. They take the graves as mosques, as places of worship. So this again indicates to you very clearly, the Prophet ﷺ says from the worst of the people, from the worst of the people are those who will be alive when the hour is established, and also those who take the graves as places of worship. Here now you've seen four or five different narrations, all highlighting to you, proving to you very clearly the impermissibility of going to graves to do obedience and worship and prayer, or building on top of those graves, the shrines, or the mosques, or the places of worship, that is impermissible in Islam. So when you look at, for example, the Jama'at al-Tabliq, and their leader Muhammad Ilyas, he is buried inside of a masjid. Buried inside of a masjid. This is haram, and this leads to shirk, because the people then take that in exaggeration and excessiveness, and they go beyond the limits and they fall into obeying and worshipping those buried individuals or honoring them to a level which is over and above what is correct and accurate. So this chapter is what mentions those affairs of not taking the graveyards as places of prayer or worship. The next chapter which will start the next time is very similar to this chapter. And it explains how when people go to the graves and they use them as places of worship, then eventually those graves become places of idols and statues. And it becomes pure shirk. One thing leads to another and eventually those graves, they become shrines, they become places of worship, they become idols and statues that they make. And it becomes complete shirk that they then fall into. So that is where we'll conclude today's lesson. And next week, there will be a lecture again at the earlier time. Next week, the lecture will be earlier by one hour at 7 p.m. So bear that in mind that next week, the lecture will be one hour earlier at 7 p.m. And the other thing as well is, that next week, insha'Allah ta'ala, there will be our brother Abdul Ilah, who lives in Medina. He studies with the scholars there, and he has been there for many years, benefited from the scholars. So he will come next week, insha'Allah. He is here in the UK, he will come from Medina, and insha'Allah he will give the lecture next week, and it will be, it will be about all of these current affairs. All these things that you've seen in France, what's going on now? These kharijis, these takfiris, those evil individuals, misguided individuals, what they do. Those types of topics will be discussed next week, so it's very important. And you should bring all of the youth and the young people who are confused by these things, confused by Anjam Chaudhary and misguided individuals like that. 
try to encourage them all to come to this particular lecture next week, which will discuss all of those issues and highlight, make it very clear what the position of Ahlul Sunnah is and what the position of the Sunni person is regarding all of these issues and the Kharijis, the Takfiris and ISIS and all of those things. They will be clarified and it will be shown the correct Salafi position regarding all of that and how misguided and evil the likes of ISIS and these people are and the kinds of acts that they commit. So encourage all of the youth and your friends and your families to come to that important lecture next week by our brother Abdulillah from Medina, 7 p.m. next week, one hour earlier. Remember that, inshaAllah ta'ala. And this particular book will carry on then in two, two weeks' time. In two weeks' time, inshaAllah, we'll carry on with this. Next week, 7 p.m., that special lecture. So that's where we'll conclude today.